section one hundred of the inheritance by susan edmund stoon ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume three chapter twenty nine tout ce la verite percee it was with caution lindsay communicated to gertrude the suspicions which he entertained but to one of her sanguine spirit the slightest surmise was sufficient to kindle hope in her breast it was certain she was no longer countess of rossville but not to be the daughter of this man not to loathe and shudder at him to whom she owed her being even this seemed almost happiness but then as she thought of the difficulty of procuring evidence from so distant a quarter of the world her spirit sunk and she exclaimed but how impossible for me to obtain information and how vague and unsatisfactory must it be trust that to me dear gertrude said lindsay i will send by the first ship a person who will thoroughly investigate into this man's history and on whose testimony you may safely rely i would go myself if that would be more satisfactory to you and if i saw you in a place of safety oh lindsay cried gertrude with a burst of tears which for a moment choked her utterance then passionately exclaimed you protect and save me while he she uttered a sob as though her heart had broke then remained silent blinded as gertrude was by romantic passion she could not but be struck with the contrast between her lover's conduct and that of lindsay and the conviction rushed upon her heart with a bitterness which for a time absorbed every other consideration with emotion scarcely less than her own lindsay now inquired whether she had divulged the secret to any one else gertrude struggled for a few moments to regain her composure then said yes to one whom it more nearly concerned than any other and now i wait but to hear from him to make known my disgrace to the whole world how false how worldly are your notions of disgrace dear gertrude said lindsay but i will not stop to combat them now tell me what you wish to have done what are your plans it is colonel delmore's wish that i should remain here until i hear from him said gertrude in a faltering voice be it so then said lindsay with emotion but remember gertrude you have a home if you will deign to accept of it my house is yours to command my aunt mrs lindsay whom you have heard me mention is now in scotland and will reside there with you you would love her if you knew her for she is good and gentle and knows what suffering is for myself i shall possibly go abroad for a while or but in short i can be at no loss so promise that if no no i never will be a pensioner on your bounty cried gertrude in violent agitation i will work beg oh lindsay how you wring my heart and she leaned her head on a table and wept bitterly forgive me dearest gertrude if i have hurt you god knows it was far from my thoughts and now let me recommend to you to retire to your own apartment you will be safe from intrusion and leave everything to me rest assured there shall no violence be used he shall be treated as your father though not recognized as such but ought i not to see him once more 
and o oh, lindsay if i should have turned my father from the house oh no i cannot suffer him to remain he is nay must be my father he could not have imposed upon her at such a distance of time it is quite possible he might but dear gertrude confide in me i will do nothing harshly but you cannot remain under the same roof it will kill you he shall go to my house he shall be well treated indeed he shall and gertrude calmed by these assurances at length consented to shut herself up in her own apartment and even to refuse to see lewiston if he should attempt it lindsay's next business was to visit mrs st clair in hopes of elucidating something from her but he was shocked at the situation in which he found her and immediately sent off for medical assistance and also to mr and miss black requesting them to come to rossville as soon as possible he had scarcely done all this when lewiston entered the room where he was with a mingled air of confusion and effrontery so sir you're going to raise the country it seems two men on horseback galloping away there as if the deuce were in them what's the meaning of all this i must see my daughter added he abruptly when you have established your claim to that title you shall see her till then i have already told you i act as her guardian and as such i will not consent to your meeting if you had the feelings of a parent you would see the propriety of this feelings exclaimed lewiston by jove my feelings have been prettily treated since i came amongst you may i be flayed if ever i met with such usage feelings by jingo i say my feelings have been confoundedly ill-used and i feel it too and he walked up and down in great discomposure she whom you call your daughter is not unmindful of your feelings said lindsay although by my advice she declines a meeting which could serve no purpose but to agitate and distress her but she is very desirous that you should be treated with consideration that you should have every comfort and indulgence which you may require and i shall therefore make a point of seeing you properly accommodated what does she mean by all this palaver does she mean by comfort and indulgences and so forth a round sum of money if she does i comprehend that give me money and faith i'll soon find comforts and indulgences for myself you must be conscious that as your daughter she can have nothing to bestow said lindsay but i possess the means and when assured that you have told me the truth one way or other for the truth is all i require from you we shall then perhaps be able to come to an agreement lewiston remained thoughtful for a few minutes then said has the goose quacked to any but yourself i want to know colonel delmore has been made acquainted with all the particulars and is gone to consult with his brother now earl of rossville as to what is to be done be assured that their hands you will meet with little indulgence here lewiston broke out into an execration against delmore and against gertrude both of whom he denounced in the bitterest terms then suddenly changing his tone he said it will cost you something i can tell you to send to new jersey that it will a few dollars i can tell you i've already told you i'm ready to pay a good price for the knowledge of the truth be it what it may said lindsay what even supposing only supposing you know that i were not the girl's father perhaps i should be inclined to pay more for that discovery than for any other said lindsay trying to hide his emotion but i again repeat it is the truth and the truth only i require and that sooner or later i am sure of arriving at a few months will bring me the knowledge of that i tell you it would cost you money and i have told you i am ready to pay it why how much do you reckon upon what lengths are you ready to go eh i am willing to go any lengths to detect fraud and villainy but not to reward it i am perhaps wrong in offering to come to any compromise with you but regard for the peace of one who is suffering from your villainy induces me will you give a thousand pound interrupted lewiston abruptly no i will give more if necessary to discover the truth but i will not reward falsehood in the same measure 
confound your distinctions will you give five hundred by jingo i won't bate a halfpenny upon condition that you swear solemnly to tell the whole truth said lindsay i will do more for you than i am perhaps justified in doing i will pay your expenses from america and back to it and i will settle an annuity upon you of fifty pounds per annum upon condition that you give up that letter and never set foot in britain again i'd rather have a good round sum at once i want it is in vain to say more on the subject said lindsay if you wish to have an hour to reflect upon it you may but that must be all i shall immediately set about the necessary steps to be taken in this affair and it is likely you will repent having refused my offer when too late he was moving away when lewiston caught his arm well will you put in black and white what you have agreed to give and and then we shall see lindsay immediately took up a pen and wrote his offer lewiston took it looked at it hemmed coloured and became confused at last plucking up effrontery he said well then i'm not the girl's father and that's as true as that god made me at this acknowledgment lindsay's heart thrilled with rapture and he could scarcely refrain from flying to gertrude with the joyful tidings lewiston went on but i am of the same blood the only one by the by the remaining and the same name i was her father's cousin and when the old dotard of a priest came to perth amboy and inquired for jacob ruxton lewiston to be sure he found me twas by way of humbug at first that i passed myself off for the man who had been drowned nearly twenty years before but when i found what his business was but that's enough i hate long stories and so as soon as you can let me have this on a proper bit of parchment pointing to the paper lindsay had given him then i'll wish you a good afternoon but how came you to impose yourself so easily upon mrs st clair inquired lindsay anxious for gertrude's sake to ascertain everything she had seen the person you represented she had so but it was near twenty years ago and there was a family likeness it seems besides i had the letter to shut her mouth and since i was master of her secret it signified little to her whether i were the girl's father or not i had got the upper hand of her anyhow having got all the information that was wanted lindsay was now only desirous of being rid of so worthless an inmate and after admonishing him upon the iniquity of his ways he gave him a letter to his agent directing the money to be paid and the bond to be made out for his annuity then only waited to see him fairly out of the house before he communicated to gertrude the happy result End of section one hundred